This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass. Fairfield, Connecticut. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252, or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page and you can check out past shows, subscribe to the program on Apple podcasts or Spotify, and please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting or to suggest topics for future shows. Now, this past weekend, I was out and about running errands, doing some of the errands for what I noticed other people doing at the same thing, same time, and it really put a smile on my face, and that's people are getting ready to plant their gardens. And is there a surer sign that spring has arrived? At the store, people were walking out the door with seeds, with garden tools, mulch, weed whackers, you name it. Even the grocery stores I passed that put up their tents for their annual flower sales, they had mulch out front. Now, seeing all of these people getting ready, doing the same thing for the months ahead, got me thinking about, well, hard work, growth, and cultivation, and three of the biggest elements of gardening. It then occurred to me, those are the same three phases that could be applied to your financial garden. And with a little hard work, you may be able to transform your financial strategy into something that continues to grow as you carefully cultivate it. But before we put on the gloves, start digging around the financial soil, let me introduce the rose who drew, who grew through the concrete. Tony Shore. Tony, how you doing? <laughs> the rose who grew through the concrete. <laughs> wow. The the introductions just get crazier and crazier here on the show, Matt. I love it. <laughs> I, I love where you're coming from with all of this. Um, I think you're yeah, that's it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. So uh, I've been doing good. In fact, speaking of planting and gardening, uh, this is crazy. My last weekend, basically as a Mother's Day gift, I agreed. uh, I told my wife what I would do is she wanted me to do a lot of digging and planting and some landscaping in our backyard. So I'm digging up rocks and wood chips and putting down soil, planting grass seed, it was a lot of work. And in doing all this, I, I realized I have an allergy. Uh, and that is, uh, I'm allergic to manual labor. <laughs> so I, I, I was just going to put it straight at work, but manual labor. Yeah. Work, okay. Yeah. Hard work or manual labor, <laughs> hard work or manual labor. I'm not allergic to work. I mean, if you call doing this radio show work, is I'm, this work, Tony? It isn't at all. So. <laughs> It isn't. So, Matt, how have you been? What have you been doing? Well, I've been I've been messing around. I got, you know, well, th- this does hit home because we've been gar- I've been gardening since I was a little kid. And you know, we had four kids, my parents. We had uh, we had taken in a refugee from Vietnam when I was young. We had, oh, so wow. we had seven people in the house. Wow. And we had a garden that was big enough to feed us our fresh vegetables all summer long. 
and we would can and freeze everything else for the rest of the year. And this was in a city too. And we were able to ex- have all our fresh produce and then frozen and canned stuff from this garden. We had some fruit trees and you know berry bushes, stuff like that, herbs. So we, we made it all ourselves. And well, one, it's, it's a, it's a great way to spend some time. Be it you're outside, you're digging in the soil, you're making your own food. It's a great way to save some money sure. really in the end. Um, and it's a great way to spend time even with your family. And I, we, we were given, we were given vegetables that kids wouldn't normally eat. Oh, no. So, so you'd grow beets. Like oh. your first year you're out there, you grow beets. Well, Disgusting. you were so proud of them. You ate beets. You like learn to love these vegetables that kids don't normally eat because you grew them yourself. So you're really proud of them. So you're more like you ate them. And so I thought it was a great idea. You know, didn't realize what my parents are doing at the time. But you know, I grew up eating all these vegetables because I was proud of growing them. Uh, I wondered but, why certain people actually like to eat beets. But thanks for explaining <laughs> that. So, yeah, this past weekend I made a few new raised beds. Um, wow. we had transplanted all the stuff that we had started from seeds under the lights and, uh, getting ready, you know, here where I am, we, ha- we, we should, we passed our danger of frost generally by the last weekend in May. So, uh, you never know, but we'll be putting that stuff out in another couple of weeks, but some of the stuff that could go out before that, we planted those up and turned some of the old beds. And so this gardening thing really hits home and you think about some of this stuff and there's all these different pictures in my head that correlate gardening with your financial future and your financial presence. So I thought this would be a good way to get this stuff going. Yeah, I think it is a great way to get it going. And you've picked a great topic today. I I like the uh, financial garden parallel uh, that you've come up with, and it's the perfect time of year to talk about growing a financial garden. And and like you, I mean, people, this is the time of year. All my neighbors are out working in their yards. I see people coming out of the hardware stores and big box stores with a summer's worth of gardening supplies and tools and uh, bags of seed and fertilizer. So I mean, but even folks who don't garden themselves, you know, seeing all this is the strongest sign yet that like you say, uh, you know, summer is coming. So, or it's spring here. has sprung. Yeah. Spring has sprung. So yeah. I think this is going to be a good one. How do you want to get us started today? I agree with you. I think this is going to be a good one. So b- to begin, you know, I thought we'd focus on growing the kind of financial garden that provides you with income and retirement. Thinking of it as if, well, if you grew up like I did, you had a wall of food that was all canned and those summer grown fruits, vegetables, berries, all those things, they would get you through those winter months. And that's kind of the income you're looking for in retirement. Now, there was a, uh, we're going to tie some of these into, there was an article in Motley Fool called Eight Strategies for Retirement Income. And I think tying these together might help you grow that kind of financial garden you may want to help sustain you through your retirement. Now, the first retirement income seed you may want to plant is in, in your financial garden all right, is the bucket strategy. Now, this strategy, you may have heard of it before. If not, it uh, consists of three buckets. The first is your emergency fund, and that's the cash you expect to spend in a short time frame after retirement on things like living expenses, major necessary purchases, and these funds should be liquid so you can conveniently access them. Oh, okay. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. And uh, bucket one seems pretty straightforward then. So what's in bucket two? Uh, bucket two, Tony, yes. needs to hold a bit more than the first bucket. Fried chickens? <laughs> there there <laughs> can be fried chicken. In the bucket? Well, this one's intended for money you're likely to need in the first three to 10 years after retirement. So when you work with your financial services professional, you may place some of this money in investment options that fit that particular time horizon. 
essentially as your first bucket empties, you should be able to turn to bucket two to help sustain your retirement. Cool. That's, that makes sense. So if I'm following your pattern here, I think I know what bucket three is for. That would be for then the resources you intend to let sit for a while, knowing they'll be there in the future when you need them. Oh, Tony, at first, when I, when you said you were following this, I thought you were just going to realize that it was bucket three, but you took it so much further. <laughs> Wait, is bucket three after two? <laughs> yes, I'm correct. Hey, co-host win, co-host you, scores a point. You win the golden pruning shears, Tony. But this is for like a growth bucket, like yeah. money you can leave and it has time to grow in the market. Yeah, it needs to be the biggest one in your tool shed because it's designed for the money you don't intend to touch for a decade or more in the retirement. And so most financial services professionals talk about placing bucket three money in assets with growth potential, even at that later stage in life. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned pizza because, oh, wait, you did. Uh, no, I'm glad, it's always you, there, though. I'm glad you referenced financial services professionals, actually, because it, it does occur to me that gardens, whether a traditional garden or the financial garden we're talking about, they're both a lot of work. I mean, so just like you'd recruit maybe grandkids or someone to help you weed your vegetable garden, you really need to be working with a financial services professional like yourself, Matt, to make sure your financial garden is going to be healthy and growing in a sustainable way. Absolutely. Now, I mean, there's so many things you got to think about. One, like I said, we had the whole family out there in the garden. We, you, One person couldn't have handled that garden alone to have that, you know, their family taken care of. And another thing you look at, like you have to soil test. That takes a specialist, right? You can get an idea, but if you really want to know what you need in your soil for the different crops, you send it out to the extension and you're you know, the local, usually the universities, state universities will have a cooperative extension and they'll tell you what's in your soil, what you might need to add to or take out or for to get the pH levels and the city levels you want for particular things. And then there's always master gardeners that you look to for guidance. And there's always some help to be out there. And so it's there's so many parallels, right? That those people are your financial experts, a part of your financial team. Good advisors are gonna and you know, planners are gonna be those similar things in your financial garden. Now, when we were talking about this big thing, systematic withdrawals are the next way to tend a financial garden that can help see you through retirement. Now, with that method, you take percentage of your assets during your first year, then you increase that amount just slightly in sub subsequent years to account for inflation. And for many people, limiting withdrawals to 4% of the nest egg is common, but that doesn't always work for everybody, which is why it's so important to have a financial planner on your team. Well, for sure. And I've read about systematic withdrawals and, you know, I've heard of the 4% rule and, you know, I know that it can be a solid strategy, at least in the past for some people, there are potential drawbacks to that, right? Absolutely. That 4% rule makes assumptions about two things. One is how your investments will perform into the future and how long your retirement will last. As we all know, predictions are far from a guarantee. You know, depending on what happens, you may have to shrink the percentage you're taking out of your nest egg, or on the other hand, you may be able to bump it up a bit. And on the other hand from that, if you back it up, back out a little bit, you can understand if this is what we have and this is what we want to do then, 4% might work, uh, and that'll give us this much money. But what if what if 4% doesn't work? Are we willing right. to work, live with less? Should we save more now so that we can take out that much? Can we save more and, you know, put, make some other investments now so that later in life we'll have a chance to withdraw even more. 
So again, planners, advisors, those are the people, the people that are willing to do that level of work, not just offer your product to suit whatever need you had in that particular moment in time, but the people that are going to help you balance that soil, make those gardens last forever. Think they're going to help you tend what's going to help it grow. Right. And, you know, I've, obviously everybody's situation is different. It comes down to that. And mm-hmm. that's why the 4% rule doesn't work across the board. I, but, you know, your financial garden is just like a regular garden. You can do all this uh, due diligence and hard work, uh, but it's impossible to know when that storm might come along and wipe out half your crop, right? Absolutely true. That's why we're always harping on the emergency fund. Right? Oh, the yes. emergency funds, what that, that's that extra stuff that's sitting still on that canning wall in the basement that's going to get you through those lean times. Uh, Believe me, there's a crop every year. I'll tell you this year, my celery did not germinate. I don't know why. Oh, every other seed I planted did fine. My celery, not so much, Huh? not a single celery seed germinated to the point where I thought, did I even put them in there? But, or you you got a bad bunch of seeds. Well, I don't want to switch brands or stores there. Well, it's possible. It's all heritage. They're all heritage seeds. So it's possible that they just didn't dry right or whatever. I'll have to start on a new strain of celery next year, but, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, that's again, you make adjustments, right? Sometimes certain things don't work out and I can't, I'm not going to plant, not plant everything else because just the celery didn't, you know, plan on doing what it's doing. Maybe I'll get True. some started celery and, and you know, that's the one change I'll make this year is I'll just get some stuff that was started, but so I'll still have some, my daughter loves celery. So I got to make sure I get some planted, but you know, every, they need to be nimble, diverse, no matter whether it's your traditional or your financial garden, you wouldn't spend all spring and summer growing just one vegetable right. or maybe you do just to get into it, but you grow a variety of items to increase your odds of success. And the same idea applies just as perfectly to your financial garden. Yeah. I like growing herbs like uh, cilantro. I'm a huge mm. fan of cilantro. Love it on everything I eat. So it's fun to grow your own and that yeah. way you've always got it there. So I, I, I like doing that. And then you can get some other, you know, you can get some seeds out of that. You can have cumin at the end of the year. You know, it's yep. all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of benefits to that. So I just transplanted a bunch of my basil earlier this morning yep. before I Basil's started working. another good one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I grow so much of that fear. So it's been a great show so far, Matt, uh, but let's keep this going. We're taking inspiration from all those green thumbs out there, yourself included, Matt, because uh, you're here talking about heritage seeds and uh, all these uh, planting tips, things I know nothing about. Uh, I can't keep a house plan alive. So um, it's it's good that we're talking about this. I like it, that time-honored tradition of dropping seeds into the soil uh, to discuss how you can grow that financial garden. And I love this analogy. What do you have next for us? Well, another component in your financial garden is social security. Now, the objective is to maximize social security. And there's a bit of science to it. First, how much social security you receive each month is determined when you begin claiming uh the current full retirement age between 66 and 67 depending on your birthday now i, I this is going to go back and forth between a lot of numbers so try and stick with me here starting your social security clock early means your monthly check is going to be smaller so if you begin filing at 62 that's the earliest age you can do that um your that your check your check will be smaller every month for the rest of your life if your full retirement age is 67 you're going to get 70 percent of what you would have would have been your full allotment if you started at 62. And if you're full retirement at 66, it's 75% of what would have been your full social security benefit. And that's going to 
follow you for as many months as you live or years as you live moving forward. Now, if you're full retirement 67 and you work until you're 70, you get 124% of your full wow. benefit. And if you're retirement age 66 and you wait till 70, you get 132% of your full social security benefit. So you can see every year you wait after your full retirement age, it rolls up at 8%, which if you can do a little planning earlier on the front side of that, there are very few to no fixed investments that can guarantee you 8% in actual yeah. basis uh, that you're going to get. So it's a great way to bump up just that a little, another 8% every year uh, to your, to your monthly income. Yeah. And when it comes to your financial garden, social security then is obviously one of those crops you want to plant at just the right time based on your situation. And you need to work with a financial services professional like yourself, Matt, because you have that social security maximization report that you can run for people that'll tell them based on their personal situation, uh, what that sweet spot is, when the best time to file and how to do it would be. Mm -hmm. that, I, I have this conversation with so many people, especially as they're closing in on those sixties and some people are dead set on taking that check. They don't think they're going to live long enough. And Hey, if your plan can take it great, take it at 62. But if your plan structured properly and you started planning early enough, you can wait a little bit more and make that much more every month out of that check. You put the money in, you should let it work for you if you have the ability to. Now, gardens are one of those things that are entirely dependent on the weather. You know, if you live in a colder climate, kind of where we do at our level of the country or an area with four seasons, you may have a limited amount of time to cultivate your garden. However, if you live in one of those places where it tends to be warm year round, you may have more growing options and it's much the same with your financial garden. One way to keep your financial garden growing after you retire is to work part time. Uh, whether I give this advice to clients, I, I I'm always certain to emphasize the importance of working a part time job, doing something you're going to genuinely enjoy. You know, most green thumbs work in the garden because they enjoy it. And after you're retired, you should only cultivate your financial garden with activities you enjoy. That said, that same concept, you know, greenhouses exist for a reason. And just because you live in a warm climate, I'm not knowing if I'm going to make the best analogy here, but say you live in a warm climate where you can grow a lot longer year round, you may still not uh, be protecting yourself in the best position. And there's still going to be, if you live in a warm climate and grow year round, that's just that many more storms that can come and take out your garden, right? And if you live up further north, maybe your growing season isn't, isn't as long, but you can extend it with something like a greenhouse and a greenhouse is just one of those things that protects their, your invest, your, your, your garden earlier in the year and later in the year, it helps you, it helps it go further. That's one of those things that social security maximization can do. That's one of those things working with a good financial planner can help you do. Well, you know what, Matt, that that's great. And I wanted to say, I know a fair number of people who are retired and I'm always struck by how many of them work at least a day or two a week. And to your point, almost none of them do it because they need the money. They do it to get out of the house and socialize. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Absolutely on spot there. And there's like my father-in-law, he doesn't go out to work a money job now. He just goes out and works outside just so he has that thing to do. So he keeps moving. And it's if for no other reason, you may want to have a part-time job just so you can keep moving. Now, a traditional garden and a financial garden can both be terrific ways to spend time around some of your favorite people. Another potentially strong seed for your financial garden is tax efficiency. And remember, taxes don't stop when you retire. Taxes are like weeds. 
They're always <laughs> they there. Are. They're always growing, right? So right. you have to fork over taxes on your tax-deferred retirement distributions. On the flip side, you don't have to pay taxes on the Roth IRA or Roth 401k distributions as long as you've had your account for at least five years and you're older than 59 and a half. So there, you know, taxes, 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 taxes. If, if there was ever a reason to cultivate a financial garden with the help of someone like yourself, that's a great reason right there. Taxes. Yeah. Taxes are the weeds. You want to, you want to pull out as many of those as possible. So you have as few weeds as possible around, right? Same thing with taxes. You want to have as low a tax burden as possible. Again, another thing good planning can help take care of. Now, in retirement, you may be able to shrink your taxes by keeping a sharp eye on your tax bracket each year, by leaning more on your Roth savings if you start creeping into the upper levels of your tax bracket. When you have a lower income year, you may be able to do a Roth conversion to swap some of your tax-deferred savings for Roth savings so you aren't slapped with taxes on those distributions down the road. And I keep saying this, but this is one of those things like from the planning perspective, we're always looking at that in our clients' annual plan reviews. Is this a good year to do any sort of conversion? Do those analysis, see if this is the right time to do it, or what chunk of your savings should be converted at that point? Yeah, good point. And I think that's a great question and a good thing to look at. Now, for a lot of us, you know, getting out the garden tools and digging into a tax strategy is about as much fun as stubbing a toe in the middle of the night. But <laughs> it can pay big dividends. It can pay off, right? Yeah, absolutely right. As you work on your tax strategy, keep an eye. Uh, another good thing to think about here on your RMDs, your required minimum distributions. Those often began when you turn 72 now because they changed that during the last, you know, during the CARES Act um, because you could face penalties if you don't take annual withdrawals. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing you need to watch out for are those required minimum distributions. We've talked about that on past shows. And, you know, we're talking about this because this is the time of year. A lot of people head out into the garden and uh, grow their favorite fruits, vegetables, flowers, plants. And we've been talking about how you should also be able to grow the kind of financial garden that's going to sustain you for years to come and well into your retirement and throughout retirement. What do you have for us next? So, during the first two, you know, kind of subtops, we talked about growing a financial garden that provides you with income during retirement. By the time you're kicking your feet up, enjoying retirement, chances are you already know your way around your financial garden. But what about people who've always wanted to plant a financial garden but aren't sure where to start? You know, let's call them the the green thumb greenhorns, the people who, you know, maybe they're one of these days I'm going to try and grow tomatoes, people, right? There was a recent CNBC article, Personal Finance 101, The Complete Guide to Managing Money. That's had some pretty good plain-spoken advice, and we'll see if we can't make it even more plain-spoken in our uh, recap here. The first step, set both short and long-term goals. It sounds simple, right? But even the simplest steps require discipline. A solid short-term goal may be to build an emergency fund that can cover a minimum of three months of living expenses. A reasonable long-term goal may be to have a solid chunk of money for a down payment on a house. Now, it's one thing to jot down your goals, and it's another thing entirely to stick to them. But if you do, your financial garden is going to bloom. Right. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, let me just add that if you're turning the soil over in your first financial garden, it's imperative that you work with somebody like yourself because you're going to know every financial gardening tip and trick out there. Well, hopefully a lot of them. I'm sure there's a few and some are just tricks. So you have to know the difference between yeah. <laughs> the ones that are really, really good and ones that aren't just illusion. Uh, so in the next step, 
financial gardening rookies, uh, create a budget. It's a pretty common sense step, right? But I'm confident you'd be shocked by the number of people who come into the office who've never sat down at the kitchen table and hammered out a comprehensive budget. One easy budgeting seed for your financial garden is what it's called the 50-30-20 method. And it's kind of like the numbers you'd see on the fertilizer, right? So you spend 50% of your after-tax income on essentials like rent, food, your vehicle. You then spend 30% on things like your phone, internet, streaming services, those kind of stuff, gym memberships, right? And finally, 20% is earmarked for your emergency fund, retirement savings, and saving for big ticket items like a new car or a house. And again, these are rules of thumb. And we're talking about rules of thumb, uh, green thumbs today. So these are rules of green thumb. But uh, it it's a good start. We In years where there's inflation, some of those things might look like it's a little different. But Again, why working with a financial services professional, a financial planner, having an advisor, they'll help you make those adjustments as those different things come up along the road and help you add the right mix of those percentages to your financial life. Excellent. Well, I think that's a great spot to end the show on today. Uh, Matt, is there anything else you want to add before we have to go? Uh, if you want some fresh tomatoes this summer. Awesome. I do. Let me know. And if anybody listening loves fresh vegetables and just wants to enjoy a nice salad sitting outside and talking, uh, give us a call. 800-339-9252. Or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. Uh, it's always nice to have a nice, fresh, and nutritious meal. And uh, I'm happy to make that how we have our first meeting. There's no cost. There's no obligation when we sit down uh, just to talk about the steps you need to take to put your financial garden into place. You know, what are the rows going to look like? What are the gardens going to look like? What's going to grow? Um, again, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us at compass-ltd.com. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.